Hello, everyone. Welcome to my long-awaited podcast. We're going to get real, real quick with the ins and outs of helping you, dear listeners, figure out how to live your best balanced life in all areas of wellness. From food, fitness, family, fashion, faith, and fun, I'll be joined by mega-inspiring guests in the wellness industry who will graciously share their best tips and tricks of how they do it so we can feel motivated to do what makes us feel good too, because you matter. I am your host, Beth Warren, a registered dietitian in private practice, Beth Warren Nutrition, with locations in New York, New Jersey, and virtually, and a two-time kosher nutrition and cookbook author of Living a Real Life with Real Food and Secrets of a Kosher Girl, and a mommy of six. Plus, I'm a boxing lover, which brings me to the introduction of my own personal inspiring guest, Alicia Napoleon Espinoza. She's known as Boxing Napoleon on Instagram, and we're going to talk about how to prioritize your wellness goals as a mom and all the challenges that come with it from a world champion making her come back to the ring since becoming a mom. Alicia, known as the Empress, is a former two-time world champion WC at super welterweight and WA at super middleweight. As of September 2020, she is ranked as the world's third best active female super middleweight by the Ring and Box Rec. In 2015, she co-founded and became co-owner and trainer of Overthrow Boxing Club in New York. Plus, she's an Italian-American mommy and Long Islander who's a big foodie and loves to cook. So welcome, Alicia. <laughs> Thank you so much, Beth. You're the best. Thank you for that intro. I'm so, I'm so happy you're here, and I loved you even before becoming your mom, and now that you became a mom, I feel so much more connected to you, and I know so many of our listeners will as well. So fill us in on what's been going on since becoming a mom. Oh my gosh. Well, first I just have to say moms are truly like the best and most amazing superheroes of the world. Like before becoming a mom, I totally underestimated what moms have to go through and how they need to transition into this new role of being a mother, like how difficult it is. And I'm sure everybody's journey is a little different, but for me personally, like being a professional athlete, uh, being an entrepreneur, just being so goal oriented and constantly on the move, becoming a mom put me at a complete stop. Right. And it was so difficult for me, especially the first year. I mean, plus like going back a little bit, right. A mother during the pandemic. Oh wow! Yes. So that being used to being free and doing whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted, and that becoming put on hold because I'm pregnant. Right. Plus the pandemic. So the pandemic did not allow me to stay active physically right. in the gym, which really hurt me mentally. Of course. Um, things on my own of course but I didn't have my team so like I'm used to having coaches on top of me and teams right. that's my world so my whole world was like ripped away from me because of the pandemic but I made the choice to get pregnant because my my career was on hold and it was the best decision I ever made but it is the hardest thing that I've ever encountered in my life was becoming a mom um, because of the emotional physical and hormonal toll it took on me and my body and my mind. 
definitely. And the aftermath also is you, you breastfed through the first year too. Yes, I, I definitely um, made the commitment to breastfeed my daughter. And sure, if some moms don't want to, that's fine. But for me personally, I wanted to breastfeed my daughter. And I had a really hard time in the beginning. I could not get her to latch. Right. Um, in the hospital, it's my first baby, right? So yeah. the nurses were like, here, just they just like shoved her on my back. <laughs> I remember that. Instruct me. And I had no idea what to do. Right. Um, and they were really rough and that's fine. That's cool. Like maybe I just got a rough nurse that right. didn't really feel like explaining things to me. But a lot of breast consultants came in. Do you have any questions? Blah, blah, blah. X. But I wasn't sure if I needed to ask because I thought, okay, maybe my baby's just going to latch. Right. You also don't know what to ask and you don't know what's normal or not. I remember my first baby breastfeeding now to the six and it's, I understand why they kind of just throw them on you because it's so normal to them. But when you're dealing with it the first time, you don't know anything. And I also had issues with it and I didn't know they were issues because I never experienced it. Yeah, 100%. I feel like the, a lot of things aren't really spoken about. There's not much awareness about yeah. all the different things mothers go through when transitioning into motherhood and right. being one of them. So I'm just assuming my, my baby's getting my milk, but really she wasn't. It, my, right. my milk was not coming out. My breasts were, I got home. It's like things changed too. I was in the hospital for one day, came home like that right. day or the next day after I came home the next day. Um, and they don't tell me like how often to put her on my breast. I really, I really wasn't, I just was, I didn't know what to do. Right. So it was frustrating as a new mom. Um, my breasts are starting to swell because nothing's coming out. My baby's not able to latch. So it's pretty painful. So they did tell me in the hospital because I told them I was going to pump. Right. Because I'm an athlete, I'm able to have and back into shape during this process of motherhood. Right. So they said, oh, you got to pump, you got to pump. But they didn't say how often, right? Right. So I'm pumping. Or even what's the best pumps or how to do it or do I do it before? Do I do it after? Do I wait? Do I do one and one? There's a whole yeah, world. Nothing, nothing was told. And it's like, oh, yeah, pump, just get her, put her on your breast pump. I really had no idea. So it was, it was really hard. Um, Right. And my point with that was to also explain that you have hormones going through you while pregnant, but then you have crazy breastfeeding hormones and to try to be even on the physiological perspective of trying to get back in shape like you were trying to do, that was challenging. And then the timing and the schedule that that requires of you with your baby, which in a lot of ways is nice, which I, I, I hear from you that that was why you committed to it, but that takes your time. Um, and really interrupts your day, especially if your baby's one of those that's not going to be timed and on a schedule. So, yeah. so those types of challenges, I'm sure, were difficult for you. How do you feel like you overcame that? Or, and I feel like overcome is a. I really don't even want to use that word because I don't feel as moms we overcome like quote unquote. I, I feel like it's something that we learn how to adapt to and evolve with, versus overcome because it doesn't stop. You know. <laughs> So it's definitely how to, how to, how did I learn to adapt? Well, um, you know, asking for help, like asking my girlfriends that had babies, um, 
calling my gynecologist and stuff like that, trying to get direction, like, and specifically for the breastfeeding. So I finally found a breast consultant who was like just a guru. guru. She like she she knew everything. She was patient. She was kind. So I really recommend moms that are breastfeeding um, that want to pump or even just want to breastfeed. They'll teach you. She like taught me how to latch my daughter. She taught me how to do everything. She gave me confidence, and she also made it very clear you have to pump around the clocks. Nobody told me that. So right. I pumping eight to ten times a day. Wow. Yeah, I was pumping for about four to five hours a day. Right. Broken up like throughout the day and into the middle of the night. So it was a huge commitment. And then as Alina got older towards, you know, towards the year, year mark, eight months to a year, I could slow it down because I'm giving her less bottles. Right. I started feeding her for months. Um, But it was a huge challenge. Um, It's just your brain. Because I saw some things online researching that a mother's brain actually scientifically changes. Like, it physically changes. Like, we really do become new women. Right. Our brain is, like, creating new neurons that we're, like, we're getting into this mom mode. And right. I also was on cloud nine for the first three days, and then it was, like, a big Boom, a big crash of like depression and anxiety. That you're dealing with alone, especially with the pandemic. Yes. And also it was very hard for people to understand what you're going through. Because you, it was such a dark place. I couldn't even find the words to articulate and explain what I was feeling and going through. Because I really, I didn't know. I I, I loved my new baby. I was so happy. Yeah. And I was so, so blue. Yeah. And I got the chills when you just said that because even that feeling is foreign to you. So you don't know what you're feeling. There were a lot of clients in my private practice that nothing to do with having a baby, but I was seeing through the pandemic and I noticed this look in their eyes, like kind of just like a shock mode where they couldn't identify what was wrong, but they knew something wasn't okay. And I'm watching it from the outside in and I'm saying something like to, to myself or if they were ready to hear you know like this is anxiety you know like this is anxiety you've never experienced this before you dealt with it during a time where also hormones are raging and all that on top of the natural things going on in the world so I I, I, I feel for you because even at the time when I went through my first it was very difficult and you know postpartum depression or not or whatever labels are called the reality is is we all sort of hit this first of all an identity thing but also like an internal feeling that doesn't feel like you you know it's not you and you're and you're not sure how to go over it and sometimes it's just taking the time like it takes time which I really see you and admire you for that you were showing a lot of your training through the year and now you could totally see how you're kicking it up you know after the year which I advise clients too. like sometimes life is what it is and thank God for you is a blessing you know overall it's a blessing it's a good reason but we need time and sometimes time lets us allows us to see what the next step will be and then once you see that little glimpse of oh I'm weaning off breastfeeding or the baby's just sleeping through the night at least or something that's when I push you know like that is our opening as moms as anybody but especially as moms it's not going to be a perfect scenario 
and it's not going to be the scenario you remembered before you had kids. It's going to be some little window that opens, that shifts with your kids, that you're like, this is it. You know, I'm going to go full force. And that's what I really respect from you because if you want to take us through your routine now, I thought I get to Gleason's Gym in Dumbo, Brooklyn early. I get there around 6.30. I see you already leaving by then. So take us through how you're managing this comeback and your training. It's true. Well, um, well, when Alina was three to four months, um, I was so desperate to get back into the gym. So the only time that I would be able to go without um, being worried or have mom guilt that I'm leaving her was when yeah. she was still sound asleep in her bed. So I would get up at 3 a.m. I would pump. I huh. get on the road at 4 a.m. I get to Brooklyn at 5 a.m. I start training at 5. I leave by 6.45, 6.50 because it's so strange. Within that 10 minutes time, you hit traffic at 7. Yeah. So I'm on the road before 7 a.m. I'd be home by 8 a.m. My husband would leave for work, and I'd be there taking care of the baby. So I'm conquering the day while everybody's still nestled in their bed. Um, I love it. And I did that. I did that when she was like three or four months, but then the pandemic kicked up again. Uh -huh. and, um, I had to stay home after a month. Like I did that for a month and then I had to stay home and I was so discouraged that I just did my own thing at home. And then I started to kick it up again. A couple months later, went back to Gleason's three in the morning. Um, definitely was taking a toll, but I couldn't do that every day. There was a couple of weeks I did do five days a week at 3 a.m. in the morning. Yeah. It was really exhausting. And what time did you go to sleep? I'd have to try to make sure I laid down between 9 the latest 10. If it was after 10, I knew I wasn't going to be able to go. Yeah. Uh, but I also train clients at home. So I work from home. I have Long Island, my Long Island team that comes out, and they train with me, my own Long Island clients. Um, my husband was wonderful. He built me a gym in our garage, full bathroom, full nine yards. So I have something here, but it's still not the same. Right, as your team. Yeah, I need my team. I, I need that atmosphere of other champions. But it is good that I have something here that I'm able to, I was able to stay active during the pandemic and I was able to train clients from home, which was good. Right, yeah, that's what I, I also explain people the same thing. I can't, and for me, it sounds like it's being a, like a little lazy, but I can't do the 5 a.m. leaves um, more than like two, three days a week because I just notice and recognize in my body that I'm just way too drained. So I think it's really nice to hear this from you too that there is like an intuition here about honoring yourself and your body through this process in a way that actually makes you go get it more often than not. You know, it's it's listening to it in a way that you know when to push it and you know when to reevaluate, um, which I think is is takes time. Do you think that that's more of the athlete in you and just how you've trained, or have you always felt that you've just been in touch with things like that about yourself? I, I know I'm a very passionate and ambitious person, and if I have a vision, like I know I'm not done in boxing. I know I I'm, it's not time for me to hang up my gloves. I still have a lot to do in the sport and I have a lot to conquer in that ring. So I still have that fire that pushes yeah. me to get up at 3 a.m. Um, and get to the gym and train. I just, I know what I'm capable of and I know my body had to take that break. I knew I needed to get pregnant. I needed to take that time off. I needed right. to binge and eat that food and rest. Right. And back. 
for the okay. time being. Okay. I needed it. It was also hormonal, but yeah, like breastfeeding is you in production of milk mode. You were like legit raising a, a human being on your supply alone. That's huge. Yeah. And we, and you and I spoke about this and I want to make it clear for any moms that are going to listen to this after we're done with this amazing podcast that you don't always lose weight breastfeeding. No. And, and I kept hearing, oh, you're going to lose weight. You're going to lose weight. You're going to lose weight. I did not lose weight. It was very hard for me to lose any weight. I, I stayed heavy. I did lose like 60 pounds after giving birth. Like I'm down 70 total now. But um, you maintain a lot of that weight. Yes. I, Alicia and I had this conversation in Gleason's one morning because um, as a dietitian, I see most people who breastfeed and even myself, your, your hormones are more catered towards producing milk and in order to produce milk you're getting more hungry so it could be safe that you can produce milk you carry more fat in your body on purpose like your body is not primed to to lose fat when you're breastfeeding it's just two different modes like from a physiological perspective so when you think about it in that range in, in that way you feel a little bit less pressure so how did you feel about that pressure were you because I only had that discussion with you recently post you know really post breastfeeding so I, I wish you knew me before then so I could have helped you through some of that before, but did you feel that kind of pressure about bouncing back or why isn't this happening or I thought I'm supposed to lose weight breastfeeding because I hear that all the time from people. Yeah, I did feel that pressure and yes, you. I spoke with you about this probably like a week, the week I stopped breastfeeding yeah. and um, you did encourage me and said soon I'm going to see the change in my body, which I did within like maybe a month. Yeah. Or so give or take, my body started to lean out tremendously. Right. Um, so I was so grateful for that. Because you told me all the hard work that I'm doing is not in vain. Um, it's, right. My body was working, even though I was retaining because of the breastfeeding. Right. My body's still working. It knows what it was going through. So when I'm done, I will start to see the shift and change, which I did. Yes. And I actually lost all my baby weight, but yes. now I have some COVID weight to take right. off <laughs> that's still sitting there. Um, and then I did set myself, I set the bar really high for myself because I want to get back down to super welterweight and yeah. that's where I always felt best at. Yeah. Because we're going to update your Wikipedia to be current, you know, not former. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was, it's, I just hope moms like realize like every mom is different. And also with the breastfeeding, it secretes a hormone for some of us that will cause an increase in postpartum depression. And I feel that I was yes. probably one of them because the first year of my daughter's life, I suffered drastically. It got yeah. better. It got better as the months went by, but it was so hard. And, um, and, and I just like moms, like just be patient, be patient right. with yourself. And it's really hard to communicate though to families especially when they're their in-laws as well. Like, like my family had no problem saying, please don't come over. Right. Please leave me alone. Please call before you come. Please. Right. But when it came to my husband's family, I felt uncomfortable saying that to them because I didn't want them to misunderstand me or right. take it the wrong way. Um, so mom, just try to find the words to explain to your loved ones what you need. Yeah. I know. I think for most moms, it's really important to have 
the alone time with your baby. Yeah. In the beginning, you need that bonding time. You need that connection. You want to be able to learn how to be a mom in privacy so you can make mistakes by yourself. Right. Like you're under, uh, like people are looking at you and, and judging you because I felt so paranoid about that, that everybody was judging everything that I was doing. Right. Um, it just, people were in and out of my house. It was yeah. just the worst. It was- I would hope, yeah, I would hope this day and age with mental health becoming more of a priority, even in terms of like self-care and setting boundaries, they call them now that people recognize, oh wait, I can actually voice, you know, that this isn't a good time and all things like that. Cause I was just like you, I've never really said anything. And even um, figuring out breastfeeding, you know, and people would just walk in. And at that time, especially with baby number one, I was still so private. I didn't know what I was doing. When you're breastfeeding the first one, you have to like open up everything. You don't know what you're doing. So I absolutely like mom should just take care of themselves, which brings us into the food part of this too. Um, how did you manage your eating in terms of trying, you're, you're trying to balance all this stuff. And that's why I always treat food and feeding ourselves as an act of self-care. So we prioritize it and invite it and get excited by it. Um, I know you told me you love cooking and you're very into your nutrition in general. We all love to treat ourselves. I'm all about that too. But explain a little bit about like how your nutrition evolved and changed, how you made time for yourself to even eat and what's going on with that. Oh, yeah. Well, when I was pregnant, I didn't know I was pregnant for the first trimester. So I was training and running and dieting. Like I was drinking protein shakes. And thankfully, the shakes I was drinking were vegan based. So it wasn't harmful to the fetus. Yeah. But, um, and so I'm just going to start from pregnancy and then we'll go to. Yeah. But um, and then when I found out I was pregnant, I still was mindful of what I was eating. and I still tried to stay active because I wanted my baby to get the best. But I yeah. gave it to cravings because you need to do that as well. And it's good for the baby to have fats and sugars and salts. It's just, you can't overdo it. Right. Everything's about moderation and balance. Mm -hmm. Um, and then when I had the baby, um, I was just trying to be mindful of my portions. I wasn't really going crazy with diet because I was breastfeeding. Um, I did make sure I tried to eat as healthy as possible because I knew my baby was getting all the nutrition from me. Right. calcium too i think that's important for moms to know like i I kept taking my prenatal vitamins good Um, i added calcium and vitamin d and um you know i just made sure that my baby got the best possible from me um Mm -hmm. and it's because on days that i i ate bad my breast smelled weird interesting because you you pumped so much so you actually were really down and dirty with your own milk like when you pump you really see what's up i ate like chinese food and pizza one day or something like that i I can't remember specifically but my breast milk smelled like trash it was gross i was like oh my god my baby is like i actually threw it out it was disgusting i was like she i really need to eat healthy and clean because this like when they say you're eating junk food you're literally eating junk because it right. smelled like junk i was like wow that's insane i thought that was really cool though but yeah. um you know it wasn't strict 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 i just right. i you know i was i just ate healthy and i and i and any junk food i had i had in moderation here and there yeah um, well what were some of your favorite things to cook or what was like the easiest things to whip up i know you post actually you post a lot of, you post a nice amount of cooking stuff on your instagram 
Yeah, I mean, I like stuff. I mean, I was home with her, so when she was sleeping, I would make things. Like, I'd love homemade hummus. Oh, yeah. Easy, it's delicious with, you know, carrots and cucumbers and, like, those seed chips and stuff like that. Um, I mean, eggs is always easy. I would sometimes food prep, like, make a whole bunch of sweet potatoes, roast sweet potatoes, make a bunch of, like, ground chicken on the stove. Right. Um, and I would measure it out. So I had a bunch of stuff in the stove. Like, I think that's really important. That helps moms, too. Oh, yeah, the food prep. That's a great point. And um, I'm pretty good. I feel like I could eat the same thing for a week. It, do, it won't really bother me too much. Then after the week, I'll have to switch it out. But, yeah. like, I could have a salad and, like, a big box of spinach and mixed greens in the fridge, some ground chicken, um, maybe some cut-up pork loin or something. Yeah. And big, big tub of sweet potatoes and I'll measure it out per meal. I'll make eggs in the morning, mm -hmm. um, eggs and oatmeal. I yeah. make, a, or make a protein pancake, which is eggs, oatmeal, applesauce, you know, I'll mix that together, a little vanilla extract. Oh yeah. I love those little like tricks. There's also, you can make that even with like bananas, like uh, eggs and banana type of thing. So I love that. And now also it gets fun when your baby starts eating actual food and then you kind of, especially when you have one, uh, you could just make them eat, you know, what you're eating and it becomes like a whole fun, enjoyable time. I started feeding Alina at, a, at four months old. Oh, that's great. And I made her every type of fruit and every type of vegetable and I steamed it and I pureed it. And that was really easy too. So like for moms that, that are home with their kids or even just working part time, um, you just puree the vegetables like. I had a baby um, food maker that would steam it and puree it at the same time. Yeah. Um, if you can get one of those, or even if you can't, just steam it on the stove, throw it in the blender, and then pour it in ice cube trays. Yeah. I did that with my six because I knew that was it for me. And I said, I'm just going to make all my baby food. And it was really fun because also when you do it that way, I find you progress them more, or at least I did, into starting to nibble on foods and things like that, because you don't want to do that forever, and you're actually, yeah. it's a really nice transition into a little bit more of a mushy consistency, and then you get them into a much quicker place than when, I remember my first, I was literally doing the baggies forever, I don't even know how much, so it's definitely a more eclectic palette. Um, so what type of tips can we give other moms, you know, so even when people look at me, and that's why I love even hearing your story, Obviously, you know, we're not expecting people to be world champions and, and things like that. I just love sharing our stories of how we do it. And even me, it inspires me to hear how you do it because it's a lot of juggling. I don't call it a balance. I call it a juggle. I don't think there's a balance to me makes me feel that two things have to be on the same even playing field at the same time. And it's not. There's always one ball higher than the other, but you never let the other one drop. And that's just how I describe it. And then you give the other one a turn to get a little bit more attention and priority. So we still want to be able to try to give them tips on if they're facing challenges. My most often question is, how do you do it? You know, or how do you manage to do it? So I would ask you that same question. Uh, well, first of all, being a, a two-time world champion, that does not make me any better or any different than any other woman yeah. out there. I am super regular and I am no different than anybody else. Um, so I'm just telling all you moms, find what you love, maybe before the baby, maybe during the baby, but just don't let go of who you are. Yep. And 
this transition of motherhood is a strengthening for us. It's an opportunity for us as women to get to the next level because right. we're built for this. We're built to, to just take on pressure and adversities and conquer them and right. learn how to adapt in the hardest situations. That's why we carry the baby because we can, right. we can do it all. So I just encourage moms, like, don't forget who you are. Yeah. It's really important to pay attention to yourself during this process of motherhood, yes. moms need love. And if we're yes. not able to get it from those around us because they don't understand like how right. important it at that time, try to find little things that will give you peace. Like I had to get into the gym right. and I with my daughter. So I would bring Alina into my home gym and I would do sit-ups with her and I would use her as a weight for chest. Yeah. I saw all those. You put a bunch of videos up like that. And I really encourage moms to do that with their babies because it's a bonding time too. And and I just learned how to try to like take everything I love. Like I would ride my bike, I would run, I would do so much stuff before the baby that all right, now I have to make my daughter my sidekick. So right. how do I transition into this? So I got a running stroller, I got yeah. a little trailer to put on my bike that she sits in the back end. Um, and she loved it. Like I'll do squats and she'll see me and she'll actually do squats. Like it's so funny. So it's, it's, yes, I cannot get like the same exact, um, right. level of work workout with my mm -hmm. time, but I'm getting something in and I'm bonding with her. Yes. And then when I can, somebody will watch her and I'll, and I'll, and I'll get on my run or I'll go at three in the morning. Exactly. If there's one thing I've learned in adulthood, it's how to be flexible and how to accept that things aren't going to be perfect, but it doesn't mean it can't be better. It's, it's never going to be what it used to be, but it is going to be better. As long as you keep that in your mind and you keep working through like every single time you fall in this new transition of motherhood, because we're going to have so many times where we slip up and fall, where we have a breakdown yeah. and, we get upset, and we're like, Oh my God, I can't take this. What is yep. this? screaming they're not cooperating you just want to you just want to do something that you need to do for yourself and you can't yeah. because they won't let you yeah. just, <laughs> i feel all of that this is a season this is going to pass yeah my child's going to grow and if they're going to grow with me right. and I can teach them and and have them as my my little mini me and just be patient be patient right. time progress because is purposeful and, it, and it's painful. So when you right. get to purpose, you're going through a painful process. So be patient. All the P's. Uh, all the P's. Okay, that was amazing. And I think like kind of to finish this off, it really does come from a place of finding your own self-love and self-care because in order to want to push for yourself, you have to feel like you deserve it, which is why I start my intro with you matter too. And you need to believe that because everything just ultimately does come from you to push through it. So I really appreciate your time. Tell us what we could look forward to next. What could we follow from you? I, I'm I'm just so excited. I'm I'm so I'm extra excited. I've always loved you. I've always looked up to you. Um, you're just like you said, an entrepreneur starting your business, a woman in a in a largely man's world that's hopefully changing in terms of the boxing world. I'm so like you have balls, you know, <laughs> like that type of thing, which I always felt, but. Um, even more so now seeing it as a mom is so much even more relatable to someone like me and I and I love that so I'm rooting for you but tell us what we could look for look forward to um, well I'm really excited
excited to continue this journey of um, getting back in fight shape. So everybody can look forward to seeing me fight, hopefully sooner than later, but you will definitely see me back in the ring. You'll see me behind the microphone commentating again. Also, that's what I'm working towards to get back into my commentating. Um, and just, just being this trailblazer for women and now moms. I love that I'm a mother. I love that I can relate. And, yeah. Uh, I just, I really want to continue to motivate the women out there to be the best them and to build the best you and to conquer because we're all built to be champions. Yes, well, keep doing that because we're even feeling that vibe from you, not even trying, just watching your journey. So thank you for sharing it. Everyone can follow Alicia at, at Boxing Napoleon on Instagram. My Instagram is Beth underscore Warren on Instagram for more food and nutrition tips. So thanks so much for coming on and we will be following you there. Thanks, Beth. You're the best.